We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Of 92.3 The Fan and The Athletic, Jason Lloyd. What's up, buddy? Ken has no room to make fun of anyone about anything ever. Mm-hmm. Let's just get that on the record. Certainly not style, Jason, right? Yeah, right? Come on. Listen, all I'm going to say is I'll take your leather jacket and Dustin's cowboy hat and put it up against anything that Ken owns, and I think you guys would walk away the winners. That's just what I'm saying. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down.
Jason, before Dusty joined us, I, I started the show asking to kind of set the expectations for Deshaun for the second week here. And the the way I framed it, and I, I wanted to get the answer out of you and see what you thought here. What's the bare minimum the Browns will need on Sunday from Deshaun to beat the Bengals? A bare minimum would be a Jacoby Brissett-type performance. How's that? So like Brissett was giving them the last few weeks that, that he was in there where – I mean, we were, and rightfully so, everyone was raving about how tremendous Jacoby played, and he did. Uh, by and large, though, it was still average-type NFL quarterback play. You know, if you compare his numbers to elite guys around the, the league, he wasn't playing at elite level, but he was just, he far surpassed the expectations we all had for him. If Deshaun can give them that, you know, they, they can stay in this game. They can play in this game. Obviously, if he plays anywhere close to what he played last Sunday, it's going to be it's going to be brutal, and I and I think he will be better. You know how much to what extent I don't know, but I mean we're setting an awfully low, low bar considering where he was at Houston last week. But you know I do think having a week to work on his mechanics a little bit, to read defenses, to to see things again, uh, I do expect him to play better. Of course. Why Why do you think he played so poorly, Jason? I think it was the seven hundred days. You know I think it was all that time off and. You know, I think he touched on it. I wasn't there today, but I think he touched on it a little bit today that, like, he is human and the emotions of just everything that – and I, I caution to say this. I preface this. Every time I say this, I preface this because somebody's going to go crazy and say he brought it on himself. Okay, fine. But, like, let's just – the allegations are what they are. We all know them already. But, obviously, this was mentally taxing on him as well these last couple of years. It's, it's exhausting to go through what he went through. To, to co- combine that with the fact that he was back – in Houston where he spent his entire career, um, the emotion of getting back on the field, the rust of not being on the field in so long. I think it was just a combination of a lot of, a, a lot of things and just not seeing live action and just, you know, he was rushing throws. He was bouncing throws wide open Amari Cooper and he bounced the throw. I don't think he was trusting his eyes. The one throw, it looked like a fumble. He started to throw it and he stopped and spiked it into the ground. I just don't think that he was trusting what he was seeing. So there's probably a litany of reasons why it was as bad as it was. And just, you know, it was only three practices. And now he's got three more this week. And just having gone through it once and getting that out of the way. um, Again, I'm not expecting peak Deshaun this week. I think it's probably asking a bit too much, but certainly it should be better than what we saw the first time around. Jason, um, given how bad Deshaun looked on Sunday, because I know the Browns have said, well, we expect rust, you know, this is – it's going to be a process, all of these kind of things here. But were, were the Browns surprised at just how ineffective and kind of at points lost Deshaun looked on the field? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think you can just look at the play calling and that backs that up because he threw the ball, what was I think, eight times in the second half. And it, it was like the first play. Go back and look at the first play of the third quarter. Like they come out, they get the ball and start the third quarter. And they go like jumbo, right? I called it the, the Jacoby package or the Jacoby offense where they, they, they go big across the line and they're just going to pound and they're just going to run the ball. And I think, I think they ran it 23 times in the second half and threw it eight. And that's, to me, that's Kevin saying, okay, obviously we got a lot of work to do. Let's just run the ball and get out of here. Let's get the win. We're, we're the better team. We're the more talented team. Let's run the ball take it out of his hands, make sure he can't beat us with any crippling mistakes, and we'll go back to work next week. And I think that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think everybody I, internally, they probably were expecting some struggles. 
but not that. I don't think anyone – I mean, you know, I, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but I looked it up after the game. If you want to look at, like, EPA per attempt, I think it was the, the fourth worst of the season. And, you know, he's down around guys who he has no business being in, in their class for, for good reasons. Like, he's significantly better than those guys. I think Ryan Tannehill was down there for one game, and I don't remember the other. It was bad. It was really bad. And, and certainly, I don't think anyone internally would have expected it to be that bad. Jason, the final five games, um, you know, the Browns are five and seven, and there's a bunch of teams that are five and seven that are, you know, could could potentially be in the hunt, so to speak, you know, at the end of the year, and the Browns are one of those teams. Uh, let's say they beat the Bengals and beat the Ravens without Lamar Jackson and get to seven and seven. Would you give them a chance? I I don't think the playoffs are realistic. I, they don't have any tiebreakers. I think the best – I've had arguments about this. I personally think the best path is the division because the teams they're competing with in the wild card are teams that they lost to. So I just – I don't think – I think there's too many teams to jump over in the wild card. I think their, real, their best path is the division, but I don't think that's very realistic either. And I don't think it's a conversation worth having until they do exactly what you just said. If they beat the yep. two, okay, now we can, like, sit down. We can look at uh, records. We can look at – schedules lying ahead percentages you know and then try and forge a realistic path but until then i i don't think it's realistic i don't think they're spending a lot of time i mean i was talking to one of the players after the game who even said like listen these last five games are about getting to sean for next year realistically or, or percentage wise theoretically do they still have a chance of the playoffs yes sure but i don't know that anyone really thinks it's a realistic chance and i've argued all year long from the time the suspension went to 11 games, I think the focus shifted on this season on what was realistic and what was expected. And again, Jacoby played incredibly well and surpassed everybody's expectations. And if they got a little help from their defensive special teams, we could be having a different conversation. I just don't know that that was the expectation once the suspension went to 11 games. I think it always became about getting Deshaun ready for next year. Jason, looking at the offensive line, Jack Conklin scheduled to be a free agent. Uh, Ethan Pochick. Also, expected to be a free agent. You've got Nick Harris potentially coming back. Uh, oh, and then Jedrick Wills has been Jedrick Wills through uh, 12 games this year. Do Will the Browns view the offensive line as a priority this offseason, or do you think this might be kind of another uh, – a similar offensive line, but maybe piecemealed together for another season? Yeah, I don't think Conklin will be back. I think that's pretty evident. I think they want to see what James Hudson can provide. He's been good, obviously, in, in limited duty. I, I, I was actually talking to Ethan uh, last week. He's very interested in coming back. He's loved it here, and rightfully so. He's played the best football of his career. He's healthy, and part of the reason he wanted to come here was all the reasons you would think. Bill Callahan, the strength staff, uh, he saw a lot of things that he liked. That's why he came here. Obviously, he got the opportunity right away when Nick got hurt. I am really curious to see what they do at center. If they, I mean, Postic played so well. I think it's it's worth bringing him back. But, of course, you had Nick ready to start before he got hurt. You can never have too much depth up there. And the point I've been quietly trying to make is, like, listen, $15 million guards is a luxury that you can't really have when you're paying your quarterback $45 million a year. So at some point, they're going to have to make a really hard decision between Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. And, and so that's why I think you bring Postic back if you can get something done. Hold on to Nick Harris. And probably not this year. I think they'll be okay cap-wise this year. But after next year, 
they could have some really difficult decisions to make at guard, and you can't keep paying these guys what you're paying them when the quarterback is eating up the amount of cap space that he is. The tackle thing, you know, I flippantly said a month or so ago, you know, maybe Hudson's the left tackle and, and Wills is the right tackle next year. Jedrick, halfway through the year, I didn't think he was playing that poorly, you know, but these last few games, it's it's bad. And it's I mean, people who know a lot more about offensive line play than me are saying, yeah, it's like he, he stops when he gets beat, he stops. And he, he he's looking around and, you know, you can point out plays on film where he's not hitting anybody. He's like, what, what are you doing? And I, I don't know what's going on with him. It is a concern, but you know, how are you going to get better there? You're, you're, you're not going to have a ton of free agent dollars. You're not going to have, you know, if you want a cornerstone franchise left tackle, you that in the draft in the first round of the draft. And obviously not only do they not have a first round pick, they have to fix defensive tackle. Like I, I think if they fix the defensive tackle issue on this team, it goes a long way in cleaning up a lot of the other defensive issues that we've seen this year. So as bad as Wills has been, and it hasn't been good at times, I still think that there's more pressing needs higher than that on this team. So, you know, whatever, whoever's on what side, I do think Wills and Hudson are probably the tackles next year and Postick and Harris are both back. And probably you have both these guards back for one more year. And then you have to start making some hard decisions. All right, Jason, I did want to get one quick uh, guardians uh, question in before we get to the Cavs here. Uh, Josh Bell is, is that signing in and of itself enough for you to buy into the Guardians as contenders again in 2023? Yeah, I think they're real. I, I absolutely think it's it's legit. Uh, I don't think – I think they're probably done – well, I don't know. It depends on how the catcher market shakes out. But this I, – I would not expect another big, splashy free agent signing bat type thing, uh, although they do have to figure out what they're going to do behind the plate. I love the Bell signing. I thought it was great. They needed a, a right-handed bat. He's a switch hitter who won't kill you against left-handed pitching. Uh, Josh Naylor just became unplayable against lefties by the end of the year. So they had to do something to address that. And they did. Neither one of those guys is a gold glove type first baseman defensively. Uh, but, you know, they're passable. I think both are passable. Naylor had a terrific play in the postseason over at first, picking that scoop from, from Jose Ramirez. So I love the signing. I thought it was great. I absolutely think they're in the mix. I think the White Sox are going to be a lot better, probably moving on from Tony LaRusso alone. will make them a better team next year. So they're not going anywhere. I, I was never a believer in the Twins. I still am not, but uh, between the Guardians and White Sox, I think it's going to be a pretty good race next year. I absolutely believe they're, they're for real. Last year was not a fluke, and you're starting to see, you know, I, but the thing about, like, the minority owner coming in and everyone's like, okay, well, now they can spend. Well, not really. Like, the Dolans didn't get that. that the, the first chunk, and I don't know the exact percentages, but the first chunk went to John Sherman. Like, they bought out his shares. And then if there was more spent beyond that, then it went to the Dolans. And also, they got an influx of this BAMTEC money again, which is when the payroll went up the first time around. It was really a lot of the BAMTEC money, and that's when you saw Edwin Encarnacion come in, um, and they were able to spend some of that free agent dollars. And I think you'll see that again. I would like to see them lock up some of their young core. Um, you know, Andre Semenis to a deal, Tristan McKenzie long-term, Stephen Kwan, if they can get buy out their arbitration years with those three guys i think personally i think that's a better use of spending than bringing in another free agent jason let's get to the cavaliers here a little bit and and talk about what we saw the other night lebron james returns back home to cleveland um is is he gonna get a tribute by the way every time he comes back (laughs) from now on 
are we are we I, uh, like are we over the tributes or are we just going to tribute the guy every time? <laughs> yeah, I, he even said he was a little bit surprised by that one too. Uh, I, you know, usually with most players when they come back, they get the video the first time they come back, right. uh, and, and that's it. And, and I will, you know, I think Kobe and his staff, like those guys, have done a nice job with that. Where that really wasn't the case before, but they've done a nice job with acknowledging guys who have been here in the past with little welcome back signs around the visiting locker room, obviously public uh, type of videos that you saw the other night. It's, it's such a, he's obviously such a special player to the fabric of this organization. It was such a special time, those four years, and obviously the championship. I don't have as big a problem with it as some others, but I get people saying, okay, like we've, we've done this already. Do we have to do it every time? It's, Plus, it's the fact he's only back once a year. You know, it's not even like right. he's in the East now where he comes back twice a year. It is just once a season. And if the schedule, depending on how the schedule falls, it could be, you know, 12, 14 months between visits. So I don't have as big of an issue as, as others who are griping about it, but I get it. I, I see why people would be like, okay, this is done. We've, we've done this before. Let's move on. Jason, 25 games in, is the Cavs' biggest issue still who starts at the three? <sighs> No, I don't think it. I don't think that's an issue. I, I don't. They don't need a lot out of that. Uh, you know, internally, I've heard Dean Wade's name a few times as someone that they would like to see to sort of claim that because then JB can go back to the three bigs that he liked to play last year. Uh, Dean's been hurt, and I think Lamar Stevens gives them exactly what you need out of that. Ideally, you'd like to see Okoro claim that spot, but I mean, there's times where he's just looked like he's just terrified of the ball. I mean, he didn't even want the ball as soon as it comes to him. He's getting off it. And, and moving it, and he won't even shoot the corner shots that would make him such a weapon to this team. But for now, I think Stevens is fine. Is, is that with with all the ball dominant guards that they have, and and the the guys who can score, you just need someone who's going to play hard and defend out of that three spot. I mean, you know, ideally, sure, okay, bring LeBron back, but I, that's not very realistic. So for for where they're at and what they truly need out of it. I think they're fine where they are. I think when Rubio comes back, it's going to be a lift to the second unit and give them a, a, a primary ball handler who can run the second unit. Um, I, they, they need Jared Allen to stay healthy. You know, they need, they need their stars to stay healthy. Allen's the anchor to that, to that team defensively, and they sort of unravel when he's not out there. Uh, and, and they need to continue to work on Darius and Donovan playing together. You know, they made a shift a couple weeks ago a pretty shift that they were going to put the ball in Darius's hands and he's going to run the offense. Now, if you're, I was talking to JB about this, if, if they're on a break, you know, if, if you grab the run, you're going to push, then it's just whoever's got the ball go. But if the team makes a basket, if you're taken out from under the hoop, they want the ball in Darius's hands. And I, 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 I think that's the right move. That was part of the reason why the only reason why I wasn't sure about bringing in another ball dominant type player was because Darius, flourished last year with the ball in his hands all the time and putting going sort of reverting back to that and making Donovan more or less a true shooting guard uh, I think is the way to go I think it's the best way to, to maximize Darius he's just more comfortable that way and and you but they still they still have only played like you said 25 games they still don't have a ton of experience playing together Donovan has a lot of experience playing alongside point guards and ball dominant guys Darius's time was with Colin and he didn't play great he wasn't great when he was out there sharing the floor with Collins. So that's something that they're still working through that they have to figure out. Obviously, Donovan had the huge night the other night. 
Um, and you know, it, it just take it just take time. It's sort of like the Deshaun conversation. The only way to do it is to go out there and do it and and get comfortable that way. And eventually, I do believe they'll figure it out. Jason, we got to run, buddy. But great stuff from you. And uh, gonna need to see that leather jacket soon. Okay, bud. <laughs> it's not. I don't know what it is. It's not leather, but it's it's great. It did not photograph well in that one picture. It's a great jacket. You know I me. Think my I'm, cowboy hat would look good on you, Jason. <laughs> Done. It's Tex Lloyd. It's interesting, Dustin. This idea that you know, kind of talking about Deshaun and and uh, Darius still playing together, it it's not an issue. The it's not an issue of them playing together. But I think the Cavs' biggest issue is really just time together. And I it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of building in Evan Mobley and getting Jared Allen healthy. It does feel like health is the most important thing and really the biggest obstacle to them right now. No, there's no question. I mean, the, the fact that they haven't played together, all four of them, you know, consistently enough this season, that, that's that's obviously the biggest issue. Um, if they can get a stretch where they can get a, a month or two going where they, they play almost every night together, I think that's going to be the biggest piece going forward because, I mean, when, once we get to the playoffs – they're going to need to be clicking on all cylinders. And right now, every time there's somebody missing, it just pulls back, you know, just whatever little little thing that, that matters. Like if you don't have Jared Allen out there, then all of a sudden you don't have your rim protector. Your defense struggles a little bit, you know. And, and if you don't have either Garland or Mitchell out there at one point because of because of injury or, or whatever, I mean, it's just the offensive production goes down. So it's – it's a challenge, but I mean, every team's got to deal with it. But I think specifically for the Cavaliers, because they're so young, they're they're really just going through their growing pains now. And I, I really want them to get through. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. For the growing pains before the playoffs get here. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because uh, everything that people say about Deshaun, like the patient stuff and let's not overreact, that's pretty much just what I... That's all I feel about the Cavs. Like, it, it's so – we never got to experience a real build the last time around with the Cavs because it was kind of a really wonky, uneven, you know, coaches coming and going after LeBron left the first time. And, you know, Kyrie was great immediately, but Dion wasn't, and the team together didn't really gel – I mean, even the Mike Brown year before, I think they only won like 33 games. That was four years into a rebuild. So, oh, and then LeBron came, and it was just a slingshot to being a contender. Like, <laughs> I I do think at some point this year, I think people will, will get stressed about the Cavs. But what will be interesting is whether people are already giving them the same benefit that like we gave LeBron's Cavs. Like after the after like everybody remembers how we panicked when the Cavs started out slow before they traded for uh Iman and JR and Mozgov and dealt off yeah. Deion Sanders or De- Deion Sanders, Deion Waiters. But what you don't remember is as soon as they started to ball after that, we kind of were all like, All right, get me to the finals. And then every year after that, the regular season was just about get me to the playoffs. 
does it feel like to you that that's where we are with the Cavs team? Like, even though they, they've struggled on the road, they're a completely different team at home, does it feel like for you that you're just, well, I think they've got enough to be really good, so just take me to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel that way, but I'm also enjoying the regular season and enjoying this team have a lot of success and kind of enjoying the process. I mean, to just fast forward to the playoffs would kind of take away a lot of the fun that we're having, at least the fun I'm having watching this team and going to games and enjoying the Cavaliers being relevant again. I don't think it – so maybe I didn't kind of preface that right. I don't think it's just about – I think it's like the next time you'll be concerned is the playoffs. That's more what I was thinking. The idea that it's almost as if we've gotten to a point where we, the, the talent is real. Yep. I, I don't think we've seen the best out of them, but we've seen something that maybe approximates near the best. And really, it's just about stay healthy and, you know, the, the next big test is the playoffs, which I think is really interesting because I do think, like, I think Karis LeVert uh, is an interesting piece at the deadline that might bring you a really good 3-and-D player starting three on this team. I think you could make other moves, trying to package like a Dean Wade and maybe a, 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 another young player, a, a Jetty. For, for try, like, I think there's still work to be done both on the court and maybe even to the roster, but I, I think more people are where you are, which is, all right, I love this team, and I'm not going to really sweat anything until the games matter, and we'll talk in May. I think that's fair. I think that's where a lot of people are at. I mean, I, look, I'm not flustered about the Cavaliers. I'm not worried about them. I'm not watching every game and, and living and dying with every single regular season game if they win or lose. Uh, obviously, it's fun to beat the Lakers and fun to beat good teams. And every time they play on national television, it's it's a it's a great deal. But I think you're right. When the playoffs come around, that's when I'll be a little bit puckered up and nervous and, you know, probably overly critical of stupid <laughs> things that happen in the games and, and all those things that, that happen when your team is, you know, vying for a championship. You know, it's, it was because uh, this, as we're talking about this and talking about, you know, have we gotten to the point where we trust this Cavs team enough that it's just about let's like I now, it, now the big test in our minds is, is the playoffs and, and we're not going to get too high or too low bef before that. Um, what I will say is this is the best, home vibe that I've that I've experienced non-LeBron since uh Price and Doherty my first NBA game when I was five years old like the vibe at the queue and I the other night you experienced it because LeBron was here I'm talking yep. about like just the like when the I know when ca the Cavs are playing at home because of the vibe downtown it is a real tangible thing, and that's really cool because I'm used to only seeing that from, like, the Guardians in the playoffs or, like, a Browns regular season game. To see that 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 energy being brought in, a, in December in a regular season game for the Cavs is, and it not involving LeBron is really cool. Yeah, I mean, the other night when I was there, um, you know, I looked around the arena, and it felt so electric. It felt like 2016 all over again when they were in the playoffs and, and making a run. And I just I, – I, I cannot wait for April and May when the Cavs are playing meaningful games at the queue that that matter and th that our team's not going to be an eight seed and just, you know, trying to get experience. It's a team that's legitimately going to be a contender, you know. I, I, I truly believe that. We had uh, – or maybe it was the other the morning show had some uh, Joe Varden on the other day. They were talking about it, but 
neither here nor there. The team's legit. I mean, they they have legit players that can compete for an NBA title as quickly as this year. Do you really not know whether it was us or the morning show that had Joe Varden on? It wasn't us, was it? It was not. No. Yeah. There was doubt in your mind, though? I don't know. I just maybe misspoke. I mean, you just you just called Donovan Mitchell Deshaun. That's fair. You know what? Uh, complaint withdrawn. Uh, right, from you. Donovan to Deshaun. I was talking to one of the players after the game who even said, like, listen, these last five games are about getting Deshaun ready for next year. Realistically, percentage-wise, theoretically, do they still have a chance in the playoffs? Yes, sure. But I don't know that anyone really thinks it's a realistic chance. And I've argued all year long, from the time the suspension went to 11 games, I think the focus shifted on this season, on what was realistic and what was expected. And again, Jacoby played incredibly well and surpassed everybody's expectations. And if they got a little help from their defensive special teams, we could be having a different conversation. I just don't know that that was the expectation once the suspension went to 11 games. I think it always became about getting Deshaun ready for next year. Playoffs are just not worth talking about until there's something to talk about. And I think... I think some fans, listen, I think if anybody right now is telling you, oh, there's a chance and it's going to happen, they're just they're just trying to get you to like them. They're just homers, right? But to me, that's what this game represents, Dustin. This game represents, are we going to really have this conversation or is this game going to put the the, uh, the any sort of playoff hopes, playoff thoughts uh, to bed? Yeah, I mean, the season's on the brink, you know, Uh it is nice that they've won a couple of games in a row for the first time since last year, but if we're going to have any sort of realistic or even even hypothetical conversation about what needs to happen for the Browns to make the postseason, they've got to win this game. I mean, we, we I feel like we've had must-wins already this year, multiple times, in fact, but if there's, if there's a, a bigger must-win, there isn't a bigger must-win than this game because this game keeps you still alive for uh like Jason said maybe maybe the division race and and certainly if you get to 7 and 7 and beat the Bengals then you know things could get a little interesting. I thought that was interesting. You know, he had said he still thinks the the Browns best best path yeah is is in the division. And given the way that we see divisions in the NFL playoffs it'd certainly be the most helpful to do that. I mean, right now you are let's see you're three games behind Cincinnati and Baltimore in the win column, and you're three games behind them. So you're three games back. I don't know why it took me that long to do that kind of math on air, carry the two, but it is done. Um, so not only would you need to probably go, what, 6-0? and or Sorry, 5-0 and the rest of the way, but you're probably looking at Cincinnati going 2-3 and three over its final five games. Like, I... Yes, that would be if it, mo, the most opti- optimal thing is if for the Browns to make the playoffs would be AFC North title. I just I just feel like I mean, the, listen, listen, the Bengals have a tough schedule to remaining. They've got to play the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens. Is that four teams? Oh yeah, because this one's the fifth. Carry the two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Which one do you think is more likely? Because that's what the way it sounded like he said this is more likely that the AFC North crown is an easier path than the wild card. I don't know the the wild card right now. You're two games off versus three games off, and that and by the way that the team that's holding down the final wild card spot is the Jets, who have nothing at quarterback in a team that I think is starting to run out of gas because of that nothing at quarterback. Yeah, 
<clears throat> Look, I, I think the, the Browns can certainly – I mean, I, I think the Browns now with Deshaun at quarterback will be worthy of, like, getting in and, and doing something, but they haven't earned that right because the 4-7 and seven start to the season. And now they have got to win every single game, and everything has to go their way. It's just, it's really, really going to be tough for them to do it. Um, and and I just don't, I don't, I'm kind of with Jason. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. But you never know. Uh, this game is is a game that whether five point dogs or four and a half point dogs, it's a winnable game. You know, you never know. But Deshaun Watson must must play a lot better than he did a week ago. I just don't think it's worth talking about until they win and Deshaun plays well, right? Like uh, I, the morning show today had this uh, – I, I think they had kind of moved our initial thing of what's more important, Deshaun playing well down the stretch or making the playoffs. They had kind of taken a swing at that today. And the reality is I think they're both important. Like just making the playoffs with Deshaun – while that would make us feel really great if Deshaun is playing poorly or you're winning in spite of Deshaun and Deshaun looks bad in January, it's not going to give you a lot of faith. It's not going to give you a lot of hope that, that you've got a leg to stand on. You know, like Deshaun playing, both things are crucially important to this organization moving forward. One without the other just doesn't feel as impactful. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think this town will go nuts, Nick, if Deshaun puts together a great, great uh, a great performance, excuse me, and the team does as well. Like, imagine if the, the Browns go out and do the exact same thing that Jacoby and the Browns defense did to the Bengals on Monday Night Football, this time in Cincinnati with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Well, not just that. I think I think beating the Bengals, it's so important from the divisional side of things, from the hope side of things. I also just think in terms of like you you can't even though you've beaten the Bengals a lot recently it's it you can't impeach this win. You you can talk yourself into you should beat the Texans and you should dust them. You can talk yourself into the Buccaneers aren't very good. Mm -hmm. The Bengals especially lately have been a really really good football team. You beat the Bengals. I said this earlier. You beat the Bengals, the expectation should be you can beat anybody else on your schedule. For sure. All right, so sure. we've went this long. We've done the very responsible thing. All right, we got Pete Futek coming up, college football news in just about 12 minutes here. Uh, we'll talk the portal. We'll talk uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba news. We'll talk all of it with him, all the college football things. We finally have just a moment for you and I to talk about your cowboy hat. You want to talk about it? Yes, I do, because uh, – I heard a snide comment about it on the morning show today. Uh, okay, maybe this is me being a little sensitive. Ken, who I think they were talking to Mary Kay Cabot, and Ken was distracted, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I just got a, a text with a picture of Dustin in his cowboy hat. And I thought you sent me a picture last night of you and Jay Alter in your yeah. cowboy hats, and I was like, yeah. I'm a little jealous of that cowboy hat action. Those are good those are strong cowboy hats. Yeah, I feel good about it. I mean, last night I actually wore the cowboy hat out in public, wore it to dinner, felt good about it, didn't have, didn't get any problems, no no Bozeman cowboys gave me a hard time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy. I've been going to Texas for a couple of games here in December. I might just take the thing with me and wear it down there. Um, 
I, they tried to talk me into buying some cowboy boots. Man, those things are expensive. Yeah, but it would have it really would have brought the whole thing together. I mean, you know, you're you're still in town for another couple nights. You get to go you go back. You, you know what you got to do. You got to you got to inception your lady to buy them for you. Oh man. You got to pull nice. the Nick Wilson. That's what you got to do here. Well, I mean, you're you're you like to spend on other people's money. I know Love that. It. And and I think this is but a who moment. doesn't by the way. I mean, exactly, right? Like, listen, you buying awesome cowboy boots to go with your awesome cowboy hat would be really, okay, cool. Her buying the cowboy boots for you to go with your awesome cowboy hat, I mean, Christmas come early, right? Yeah. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 